0: The power of PlayStation. Beyond. Beyond. Beyond.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Podcast Beyond, episode 307. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, reunited with his boys again, alongside the Dark Knight News, go Goldfarb. Hey, Greg. He only does everything, Colin Moriarty. It's your boy Dos Collin. Oh, he's broken. <laughs> he's tired. He's worn out. That's a worn out Dos mm, Collin. Yeah, I think we're
2: both a little jet lagged.
1: And you're all back from the Gamescom, the Germany. You're over in the Germany. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Nobody was here last week. I had to do a show with a bunch of schlubs, a bunch mm, of fill ins. Now here we yes. go. The A team's back in the room mm. on a limited time
2: schedule. Yep. But we're here. Lots of things to How do. How was it,
1: everybody? It good. was good. Yeah. Yeah. Played
2: a Sony's press conference I thought was awesome. And then uh lots of awesome hands on time. I mean, Colin, you got you spent a, pretty much all your time at Sony, so I think you yep. got to see a little more than I did. But uh got some hands on with PS
0: four. First party, third party. Yeah, yeah, it was good. It was fun. Yeah. Um yeah I thought the press conference was excellent. Saw a lot of Give
1: me give me a out of 10 for both of you. Uh
0: like an 8 I would say. Okay, it good. seems yeah. like it seems like Sony really gets the future of gaming, which yeah. is going to be constituted indies. largely by indies. Yeah. People that are complaining about indie games on on PlayStation 4 are in for a rude awakening. Uh for the future of uh console gaming, which is, you know, going to be supported by, you know, some AAA games of course, some A games, but the mid-tier publisher is dead and there's you know only going to be you know some of these big games, and then a lot of indie games, and you know as we know, indie games are, are pretty awesome. So. I agree, and plus there
2: are, I mean, like some of those Vita announcements were really big. Like I mean, Greg, you won a bet, you won the Borderlands bet. I
1: finally did. I told you
2: it was coming. We yeah. I
1: we I got to immediately during the during the actual conference, I got to retweet the tweet where I said this tweet is going to be super important. And It was showing them <laughs> kick off the fact with Borderlands. How did you
2: freak out? I did. Oh, man, I'm really excited. a big Borderlands fan. I'm definitely, you know, I really want to know more. I want to know if Gearbox is doing it internally, um, which they had said at the time was the whole reason it wasn't coming because they didn't have time to do it internally. So So I want to know who is doing it, and I want to know if saves can transfer. Oh, my God, how amazing would that be? That'd be amazing. Uh, You know, they yesterday leaked out the Game of the Year edition for Borderlands Mm -hmm. Mm 2. My guess is what you're going to get, you know, if I were a betting man. You're going to buy it. It'll be the core game. And then maybe as a free download, you'll get some codes and can get the DLC added in. Uh, So I'm, I'm expecting the DLC to be part of it.
1: For the Game of the Year edition, you're expecting? or no, for no the Vita on version? Vita. I'm
2: saying a Game of the Year edition is coming to consoles. Yeah. So since there's going to be all that content for the one price, I'm guessing Vita will be the same thing. Yeah, I'm guessing you'll buy the game, but it would be too big on one card to have all the DLC, so you'll probably download it. I see what you're
1: saying. Buy one version of the game, you yeah. get all the stuff too. Yep. Yep. All right. What would you give it out of 10? The conference there.
2: Um, I would agree with Colin. I mean, I, I think it was really exciting that you know they are embracing that ecosystem that they have. They they have so many cool creative games coming. Like Rhyme looks amazing, mm-hmm. and like I, I actually really like
0: Murasaki Baby, um obviously Resogun Like they, they some really obviously. cool stuff they showed. Obviously. Uh yeah. I was really disappointed with some people's response to the to the press conference. I, I was like wondering if we've like, seen you mean, the same press they want conference. Big games.
2: People wanted, you know, I for me personally, no one is talking about it for me personally little big planet hub is actually really exciting because that's very obviously the future of that franchise like i think a free-to-play little big planet has always made the most sense and we talked about this uh, a week or two ago um like where can that franchise go? right right and what we said at the time was one thing that would reinvent it would be like on a 3d plane but actually free-to-play is really smart just give you the creation tools that you buy in if you want more packs and more uh, abilities and more options, I think that's really, really smart. And so, to me, that was an exciting direction for that franchise. I mean, yeah, we didn't see Uncharted, you know, we didn't see any new first-party games, but those are coming. Like, it, it, nobody is stupid enough to think that there's yeah, not going to be a God what, of
0: War, there's not going to be an Uncharted. That was what was kind of disappointing was, like, Indie Station, Indie Station. It's like, how much time do you have in your hands? We already know that there are four, <laughs> four huge first-party par- first exclusives coming before February. right? Plus all of the third-party games that are coming out, which there's a lot of them, you know? Yeah, and let them, but like, like let you, them want, let yeah, you want, Yeah, if you want in Drive Club, you get zoned. Shadowfall is awesome, by the way. And then you get Infamous. And then I'm sure the order comes out probably next year, next summer, or something like that. I think that's you know probably what they're aiming for next summer, next yeah. fall. What's most enticing and exciting is like what Goldfarb said: is like, we we know all the studios are working on PS4 games, and we don't know what most of them are. That's exciting. Yeah, you know, like and we already plus- know what four big first party games are. So like they need they're managing their portfolio, I think, kind of wisely. Of course, these studios are. We don't know what Santa Monica's doing. We don't know what Naughty Dog's doing, or Sony Bend, or Sony London. You know, like like there, you know, there's a million op- like things that could be going on, and I think that's exciting. I think people need to play the long game a little bit with some of this stuff. Well, I agree. that's not what it's
1: about, though, right? You get a new console, and you're super excited about it. We talked about this last week, right? That the fact of the matter is, the reason I don't think there is a Super Mario World for PlayStation 4 or Xbox One is because the console in itself is an event. It is, an, it is the product you're buying, and you're super stoked for. Then you go, well, what are you going to play on it? And you're like, nah, I don't, I don't know, probably Dead Rising, or in this case, Kill Zone. You know what I mean? There are these games for it. You don't, it would, be, I mean, don't get me wrong, it would help move units if you had Uncharted 4. It would be awesome. Yeah, of course. But, so. in terms of you you have you have all these golden eggs, right? You don't want them overshadowing each other. You don't want yeah. Uncharted Four overshadowing the fact that you are launching a piece of hardware that is now the next decade of your life. Yeah. Well, and there's
2: so. also already a million pre orders. Like they're good. They can't meet that supply even if they want to. You know, like they're yeah, they're the launch is pretty much gonna be safe, you know, and I obviously in first quarter of twenty fourteen. You will see more announcements trickle out. Like, again, they specifically mentioned Naughty Dog, Media Molecule, Santa Monica are working on PS4 games. They said everybody else, but, but those three studios were called out by name, which is obviously dropping a hint that, like, yeah, you you were going to see Uncharted 4, whatever it is. You're going to see whether it's God of War 4 or that uh, Battlestar Galactica guys game, like, Media Molecule's new project. You were going to see those things. They yeah. are coming. Like, the indie stuff is just a really cool way to show. And especially on the day when Microsoft announced its indie initiative, like, to take Minecraft from them and then to... Uh, to have all these other awesome looking games, like I, I thought it was a really cool one-two punch. Yeah, I um, think on the
1: yeah. fl- uh, maybe on the floor you were seeing a bit different thing. I know you're you're, you're at Gamescom. You have a million things. You got to go see these games. The the reaction I saw was especially on Twitter, super positive. Yeah, like, well, and even from are sto- our kids too.
0: Yeah, people are stoked that they're getting you're to play the, these new consoles. I think they're just anxious to play anything on these new consoles just yeah. to get a feel for them. And that's because we've gotten a chance to play them a lot now, and you know a lot of people don't. So. That like I think them just going to play Drive Club or something like they'll play anything to, sure. to yeah. I'm not saying Drive Club's not good but I haven't played it actually uh, but yeah I think that like it's it's uh, you know it's exciting I think you know I think people are kind of that don't really understand PlayStation history too don't realize that this is like very easily the best launch lineup um, both first party and third party that that PlayStation has ever had so Vita was better well no Vita I'm saying <laughs> I Vita know, was better I know. Vita was better I know I know that too. Um, yep. but uh, you know PS1 launched with like Battle Arena Toshin then. Uh, PS- PS2 PS- Silent PS- Scope. Yeah, PS2 had like Silent Scope and <laughs> Smuggler's Vision. Uh, yeah, Smugglers Run, like, Motorstorm and Resistance. Yeah, Resistance and, and Motorstorm like yeah. like come on guys, like like this is like I mean, a pretty pretty good launch lineup. But yeah. I think
1: it's in the same vein, right? Of like I don't think people would normally be super stoked for Drive Club. Outside of the PlayStation hardcore, you know what I mean? But when the fact that all you have is Drive Club, you know what I mean? That's what they're doing, yeah. right? They're saying, here's a platformer, here's a shooter, here's a racer. The, you know, these games appeal to very particular audiences because we want you to have something to play on this thing that you're, you're super stoked to buy and have fun with. Yeah. It. Yep. And use the IGN app on, of course. Yeah, of course. Of course
2: yeah. that was, that's the real killer app. That's the real killer app. The literal app. killer app. <laughs>
1: well, don't forget DC Universe Online will be ready to go day one,
2: too. Oh, that's
1: true. Uh, Bill actually writes into beyond at IGN.com just like you can. He says, hello, and beyond all of you. Beyond. Hello. After finding out about the IGN app coming to PlayStation 4 at Gamescom, I knew instantly that the podcast needs to be accessible there. That would be the best. What do you guys think?
0: I have no idea. That would would be any, awesome. No, would you want that? I mean, we
1: can try. We can talk to them about doing that. I don't. Do, do you sure. want to turn on your PlayStation and just have a dead screen though? That's just running the podcast. That's well, the I point. mean, You
0: can, you can the, listen to it in the background. The video. Yeah. Well, oh, you can. I'm sure you can run. You can run all sorts of. Them. I mean, they showed you can run everything at the same time. So why would you? we have to check in
1: that our app could actually do that. we would be really top cool. men. But yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be really cool. That'd be a good way to do it. Yeah. The, but don't worry. The the podcast beyond videos, we break out. They'll be up on there as usual.
0: Well, like, it, it must run in the background. Like, I well, things like Music Unlimited are going to work in the background as your, you know, will play music as you play your game. So if those two apps can run concurrently, then I don't see why ours. Sure, but
1: I mean, think of it this way, right? Like, uh, on, on your iPhone, you use Pandora and you use the YouTube app. Mm-hmm. When you close the YouTube app, it doesn't keep playing sound. Right. Pandora is yeah. specifically programmed to do that because it's only doing that one thing. It, 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 right, our our, our app's mainly a video app. I don't right. know if it's going to understand. That's true. That's, that's true. what I
2: was <laughs> going to say. It might think that it's trying to broadcast video. And when you navigate away, it, it automatically pauses it or whatever. Um... I, I think it'll probably – I mean, I would guess. We haven't seen it yet or anything, but I would assume it's going to operate almost identically to the Xbox Live right. app that currently exists. It'll be cool, though. will give you cool. trophies yeah. if you download yeah. it. Just we'll look into we it. I would love if we could have trophies. <laughs> and by we, I mean Greg. <laughs> yeah, exactly, which means I won't have time.
1: Um, Let's do some housekeeping. You guys are back. We're not doing a regular show. No, we have, no. Yeah, Colin's no got a, a top-secret appointment to run to. Mm. Goldfarb over here, he's just hanging out writing news. Yeah, I got some secrets. Yeah. yeah, we're doing some videos right after this. Uh so we're gonna talk more about Gamescom, take more of your questions here, but to point out a fact, Pax is this weekend. <gasps> up in Seattle. What's that? It's this thing called Penny Arcade Expo, where the fans get together, and they meet and greet, and they talk about games, and they go to panels, and they play video games, and they see IGN run around and do stuff. Uh, I will be running around the show floor doing all sorts of videos, and I'd like you to be in them. So if you see me, and you see something cool, tweet at me about it. Maybe you could be in a Twitter article about it. And then come out to all our stuff. We have a bunch of different stuff happening. Uh, Damon is hosting a panel. It's called Evolution of a Game Developer. He is hosting it Friday at 11 a.m. I'm hosting a panel you're probably interested in if you're listening to this podcast. It's called Infamous Second son how they made the game uh friday at 5 30 troy baker's there andrew goldfarb is holding up my infamous <laughs> water bottle uh we have a game scoop panel monday at 11 30 a.m where we will be doing uh, five bold next gen predictions and then let's just get a party going and have some drinks saturday at seven rock bottom brewery there's an ign party with a special guest that you can't know about yet that's gonna be pretty rad and i think it has an open bar and i don't think it's rock bottom so it's not it's a restaurant too so it shouldn't be It should be all ages. I just can't believe
2: Shuhei is flying out again. No! (laughs) Go
1: for our secrets! (laughs) I'm going to hop around here. Okay. We have a lot of PlayStation stuff to talk about. Mm -hmm. We have another important question here similar to the PAX question. Or not even Mm -hmm. PAX question. Similar to PAX information. Mm -hmm. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. This comes from Mark. Hey guys. Hello. I mean beyond. beyond. Beyond! Beyond. My name is Mark and I have a couple questions for you guys. I was curious what part of Jersey Brian grew up in and how he made it to IGN. Brian's not on the show. Sorry. Next question. I, myself, from Jersey. Blah, 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 blah. Also, have you guys picked a day for the New York Comic Con Beyond panel? Me and my friends have already bought tickets for Saturday, and I figured, since the last two panels were on a Saturday, I panicked and decided we would go that day. So, fingers crossed. lol, Love you guys. Beyond. Mark. Mm. Colin, wins our panel? I have no idea. Yeah, it's a good point, ladies and gentlemen. Here's the thing about... You, I, if people don't understand the panels, I don't think. Panels, you submit an idea. They give you a date. We don't get to pick a time. Mm. We don't get to pick a date. But... I can first-time confirm when our panel is. Oh, that's fine. I I don't
0: even know the answer to this question. Mark... It's not during the Jets game, is it?
1: Uh, We'll talk about that off the air. (gasps) Mark, you fucked up. The panel is IGN Podcast Beyond Live. Is the PlayStation 4 going to suck? It is Friday at 3 p.m. in room 1A15. Thank God, it Friday, 3 p.m., 1-A-15. No, it isn't during the Jets game, thanks to some Greg Miller finangling. Yeah, we, yeah. We, we can't pick a time, but when they give us a time, and I'm like, we ain't going to be there. <laughs> they can somewhat make a move. Cool. So sorry, Mark, that you missed it, but everybody else, come to New York Comic Con, see the podcast. It's on a Friday. That's
0: big. The annual panel. That'll be fun. Yeah, I hope it's a big room. Every room they give us, we fill. I don't... Yeah, well, so... Two years ago when we did it, we had like a mid-sized room at, at Javits yeah. that we filled, and we had to turn people away. Yeah. They gave us a room that I think was even smaller last, last time, that we get, and we turned away even more people. I think we don't want to go too big.
1: Sure. You don't want to get too big for your britches.
0: Well, we don't, we don't want to not fill it, yeah. right? Well, yeah. Well, even I though I think know. we will. Uh, so, yeah. Hopefully they give us a room like more akin to the size we got the first the first, uh, the first first show. I guess yeah. that was 2011. Um, That'd be nice. Are we going to do like a meet and greet or anything like that? Do we even know the answers to these I'm, questions? You
1: understand that the IGN... PAX meet and greet for this weekend just got planned yesterday, oh, so good. <laughs> I don't think we need to worry about New York Comic Con just yet. It'll come together. It's the same thing as always, right? If we have to go old school where it just becomes meet us at this bar and bring money, that will happen. You, okay. will, meet, you will meet us for sure at New York Comic Con, and if you don't go to New York Comic Con, we will pick a restaurant slash bar around there so you can come meet us, Okay. even if you're in the New York Good area. work
0: getting it out, out of the way of that Jets game. Yeah. God bless you. I, I had to. I I, I don't want to miss it. <laughs> I don't want to miss
1: it like I missed the last one. Um... Here comes a real PlayStation question. This mm. comes from David G., and it's directed at you 2 Clowns, I think. No. Yeah. Beyond. Beyond. My name is David from the great state of Texas. Yeah. In all of the IGN podcasts and video series created in discussion of the next-gen launch titles, Killzone is very rarely brought up. All of the previews speak highly of the first game that's right. He's, what's it? Running? And the footage that's shown. No one liked the first kills him. Yeah, I think I think it means it speaks highly of the game. <laughs> and the footage has slowly turned it into my launch game front runner right
0: now. Right.
1: Is there a reason it's getting no launch game excitement from you guys? David,
0: we've been positive on it. I've been totally positive about Killzone I played
1: We've been positive about it for sure. Mm-hmm. I've, yeah. I, we, we've all banged the drum that it doesn't look like old Killzone. It's pretty. It's Thank beautiful. It, it's bright. It's yeah. green. But I think what he's talking about is when we talk about next gen, we start talking about Titanfall, or we start talk, talking about this. Right. And even you and I recorded a video Goldfarb yesterday mm-hmm. that should have gone live this morning it's that a... I will embed in this
2: article Ooh.
1: where we talk about how you even bring it up that Titanfall is overshadowing all the other shooters. You yeah. played them all at
0: Gamescom.
2: I did. I, you know, it's funny. Uh, Kyle and I both, I think, played uh, single player D 3 and now um multiplayer. multiplayer at gamescom and killzone is great i mean it's like i'm i'm i've been pretty vocal about not being a killzone fan in the past but like this does everything better and it's actually funny because playing it and then trying to play like a, any of killzone mercenary that they've shown you know it's uh It's sort of like night and day. I think Killzone Mercenary seems, from what I've seen of it, seems, you know, demos and stuff seems really competent, but, you know, feels like Killzone as it was, whereas Shadowfall feels like a next gen version of that. It feels like a step up.
0: Yeah, so we can't, I've I've had Mercenary, Final Build of Mercenary for like a few weeks. Ooh, la la. But I can't, (laughs) I've like not played too much of it and we can't talk about it yet. Uh, I will say that that Shadowfall um, is uh, exceptional. If it's if it's as good as what we've seen, there's some problems with it. I know Scott Lowe had some problems with it, especially. What was this? What uh, that just it just wasn't as good as like what he was playing with Battlefield. I think or okay. COD. Uh but. And there's, like, you know, screen blur, you know, blurring. and Yeah, the yeah, motion blur is yeah, a little weird as far uh, as, like, a,
2: a next-gen presentation. Yeah, so, but... like, it's
0: weird. Like, Gorilla knows, but Gorilla clearly knows the hardware really well and stuff like that. I think, like, it's kind of funny because Killzone was definitely my most anticipated launch game uh, until I played reso again. So yeah, even, <laughs> so even <laughs> I'm not going to uh, be beating the drum on Killzone as loudly as I was. Yeah. But I, mean, I think, Killzone... you know, also you have to understand that, like, we're taking things collectively. If we're talking mm-hmm. about things as PlayStation games... Then you know we're all jazzed about Killzone. I'm gonna have it. That's gonna be the game I'm gonna spend a lot. Of, I'm, I'm gonna spend a lot of time with Red but I'm gonna be spending a lot of time with Killzone as well. And um, I think when you get everyone more collectively here at IGN, then like some of the cross-platform shit comes up. And Titanfall. I haven't gotten a chance to play Titanfall, unfortunately. I met the team actually. And I had yeah. a drink with them, and ah. and uh, they asked me if I played the game, and I'm like, I'm just kind of stuck. You know, like uh, like uh, during these shows, like I'm stuck with my appointment, so I can't like make Break my way away. over to. Like, yeah, I, yeah, can, yeah. I can't. I yeah. can't do it. And I was with Sony basically the entire time, so. Um, I'm hearing nothing but absolutely staggeringly positive things about yeah. Titanfall, and uh, I am super jazzed about it. I, far, I why does it
1: work for you? Yeah,
0: why Titanfall
2: work for me specifically? Yeah. Uh, it's adrenaline, man. Like I, I said in that video, It's adrenaline, man. I yeah, girl. <laughs> but it's true, dude. Like there is no way to describe that game other than that. Like you are running and jumping and moving at a speed that is just not like it it feels more like mirror's edge than the first person shooter like you you were just always moving and it's rad like i don't know it's it's really hard to describe it's like all of the cool cinematic things you see in the trailer you're doing one of those like every 30 seconds mm, and it just mm. you feel like such a badass playing that game i don't know it's uh we only saw one map in one mode and you know i know a lot of people are concerned that like yeah it's really cool now but will it hold up over the course of you know hours and hours and hours and hours, but, like, we haven't seen all the different mech types, we haven't seen game modes, like, there's so many cool things they could do. I mean, that said, though, like, Killzone's sort of this weird, in the same boat, any demo really is, that, like, they talked about these war zones, which are almost, like, a, they're, like, UGC, so it's, like, the idea is, like, you can take uh, you make your own playlist make your own game right. types, make your own thing, and go in
1: there. It, set you can have it like stealth versus defense, and have all these different exactly. things in there, and,
2: yeah. and and you kind of create your own. That it's almost really like cool. you're you're making your own game modes through it. And I don't know, like obviously they they can only show so much of that in a demo. With they're like, oh, these are two war zones that we created. But like like we said with Little Big Planet, when the community gets a hold of that, they're going to do really cool shit, and they're going to create game modes within that game that make it more fun and make it more inventive. Right.
1: And I did a rewind for the trailer where they were running through that, and like you assign who can have what kind of weapons, and you know how many lives, and all that stuff, and it really reminded. Me Back in GoldenEye, right when it would be like, all right, we're gonna play, we're gonna play Facility, Proximity Mines Only. You <laughs> yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like goofy crap like that. Where you and your friends would just do that over and over and over again. That was super cool.
2: Yep, and then you can share them with each other. So I, I think it's rad. I think uh, again, like multiplayer is only as good as the community behind it. And so like you assume, like like it seems like that is the game to get at launch. Obviously, there's Resogun. There's
0: gonna be a lot of the indie titles. But as uh, far DC as the Universe first online. Games, Thank Don't God forget. coming up.
1: Don't forget. You can play your first place. By the way, Flower. It
0: looks like Flower's coming up PS4, too. My God. Um, that was on the, uh, so they sent me a, um, a release list, like a press release uh, upon request. Um, I just emailed Sony and asked for it, and Flower's on that list. And I, mm. I I, emailed them. I'm like, is this the Flower I'm th- obviously I'm thinking of? And I assume that it is, but I haven't heard back. Gotcha. Um, I'm excited for that in Vito. Me too. It'll be good. I still hope that we get uh, Port of Journey to, to Vita
2: or even to PS4. Trying to keep playing, yeah, I
0: don't really care about that. Mm.
2: Mm. Mm.
1: Lisa Lewis writes into Beyond at IGN.com. and she says Beyond. Beyond. I was looking at the new infamous Second Son trailer and it occurred to me that we still don't know about karma. So my prediction is that maybe the major karma points will come from either stealing someone's powers and potentially killing them or simply letting them go. I also read a comment on YouTube predicting the new villain, and I agree. Spoiler alert if you didn't finish Infamous 1. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ, people. You've had plenty of time to turn off the podcast. Moya, the FBI agent from the first Mm. Infamous, is back. I don't know. Lisa Lewis. I
2: don't think so. I don't think they're bringing Moya back at all. Um, we, we, I, I think it'll be something different. I, I even think, like, I, obviously there will be some kind of Cole cameo or reference or something in there, but I think beyond that we're not yeah, going to yeah. see, like, any crazy direct tie-ins to the Well mythology. You figure the big
1: point, the big part of this, right, when we talked about this in the beginning, of why wasn't it Infamous 3, why wasn't it Killzone 4? It's the fact that take the name that means something to people, like, I've heard of this Infamous thing before, and give them a fresh start on a fresh platform. Yep. For all the people that didn't play them on PS3. There, yeah,
0: there will, be, there will be tie-ins, I think. Sure. You know? oh, I talked yeah. to I, Nate Fox a lot, and... and yeah, that video
2: is great. Right. Uh, he answers a lot of really good questions in that, in the, the video we posted. Yeah, you know, I'll I... answered that was, in the
0: podcast, too. He cool. was yeah. yeah, he was a little evasive about a lot of things. I asked him about Karma. He wasn't ready to talk about it. I asked him about multiplayer. He said he wasn't ready to talk about it. Um, so there you go. Sounds like the Up and um, New interview. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, UGC, not ready to talk about it. Um, you know, confirmed that. A lot of people think that in the trailer, uh, Cole is stealing electricity, or uh, Delson's stealing electricity. Neon, it's Neon. Rubber, yeah. Um, yeah. So, but I mean, kind of cool. What a dumb I feel like you know. <laughs> I think it's kind of cool because it's it's just
2: stealing light. I'm stealing
0: neon's <laughs> a gas. Pink no, but light. <laughs> Here's the thing:
2: what I what I really liked about that Nate Foxen review, and I've actually seen a couple of people say this. Um, so he implies that it will dramatically change the gameplay when you're using different powers, and someone pointed out how cool it would be where when you have the neon power, you can make everything dark. You can remove light, and then it almost becomes like a stealth game, and that would be very different than the fast movement of the smoke, and that could be different than another power. And, like, I really like the idea of depending on which power you're choosing, it totally drastically changes the way you're you're traversing the environment. And then that said, I love this idea of the karma in this email. like. But- Think of it like uh, harvesting or saving little sisters, sure. right? It's like you can get uh, – if you were to kill someone and take their power, maybe it's stronger. Maybe you level it up see, faster. See, I think that's but, it. Yeah,
1: you have, there yeah. has to be some trade-off, right? You have to have all these powers somehow. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm sure you maybe still get to them the either way. Degree.
2: But it's like maybe if you save the person, you get like the very entry-level version of that power. If you kill them, it advances further, but killing them has a story effect or maybe it's uh, you it know, has some other drawback. Like I, I can totally see them doing it that way, and that would be really smart. Yeah. Colin,
1: I apologize. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched your Nate Fox interview yet. Did you talk to him at all about the return of comic cutscenes? My my Rewind Theater prediction was no. that it popped up, you know, when uh, Delson grabbed her. When he grabbed what's a fetch. And so I thought maybe it was just like, that's how now we relive people's memories, right? That's what we get.
0: Yeah, he, he brought it up. You should watch it. He brought up why they're doing it and, and like, how they're kind of mixing things up with presentational value or whatever. Yeah. Because I did bring that up. The one thing that I brought up that he wouldn't answer that is most tantalizing. Most because tantalizing. He, he left it wide open is that seems like Infamous 2 is probably going to um, – your saves are probably going to be able to cross over in a second son. So – Oh, okay. Um cuz he was he he like kind of like it's on the video I think I haven't watched it but I did ask him you know um you know will, the, will your decisions in the old infamous games matter and he was like well we're you know we'll we'll talk about that later or whatever and or whatever he said so Well last time they did um, it through
1: trophy data that'd be a good workaround here yeah. too you figure cuz there's how are we getting PlayStation 3 saves to PS4 theoretically not that hard right. but still for and, most gamers it'd be easier just to read your and trophies. by the
0: way he did talk about this is interesting and this is an infamous two spoilers so if you haven't beaten infamous two for whatever spoiler reason, alert go away for a little while uh he, he just, he's like cole is dead cole is dead yeah, like and that. and that's like not and he's not coming back and um also that the bad ending is not never happened yeah in second son so and that he, was based on he, the trophy data. Like, that overwhelming amount of people played it good and then left it alone. I don't know why they wouldn't play both. Did he
1: talk about the fact that the, the bad ending is the one he was pulling for? <laughs> that was, like, yeah. his baby? I was like, damn, yeah. son. <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, yeah, they were just going based on trophy data, which is which said that most people played good. I, I, like I said, I don't know why you wouldn't play it both ways, because the game's fucking awesome. Um, so that's kind of cool. So, yeah, Cole is dead. And, and he was saying that, like, basically people in Seattle will have will know what have happened in Numera and Empire City. Yeah. Uh, and will reference it. But, yeah, the Cole's Cole's gone, so um, which sucks. I was kind of hoping they would work him back in. But well, I, I, still, I still think there's a, I yeah. still,
1: still think there's a chance, and if not him, maybe Kessler, a different version, alternate mm. universe Kessler. Alternate in, until I
2: beat that game and haven't seen Cole, I will not believe that Cole isn't in that game in some capacity. Even if it's like something like, oh, we found a video that he recorded or something. I, I
0: really think there will be something involving Cole.
1: I hope it's President Zeke. Yeah, yeah. I was disappointed.
0: that. The, I think the only prediction I got wrong from Gamescom was because uh, I got made that predictions piece before I left and uh, predicted like little big planet and price Shop for vita and all blah blah, blah. and uh, and you know, obviously PS4 release and stuff but i did predict that they would release or announce infamous and god of war for, for vita which they didn't
2: those those Sweet are animus. definitely coming at some yeah, point yeah
0: well yeah i hope so. I
2: was,
1: really, I was really hoping for uh, infamous and vita as well yeah um speaking of that vita Matt wilson writes in to beyond at EGN.com. What? He says. Beyond <laughs> beyond. <laughs> beyond! With beyond. the emphasis on remote play for the PlayStation 4 and the Gamescom announced lower Vita price, is there any fear that Vita will become more of a peripheral for the PlayStation 4 and less of a standalone console? Will AAA developers have any motivation to develop games for the Vita, considering most of their games will be playable as a second screen?
0: No, they won't have any reason to make games for Vita. You think they so? don't have any reasons now to make games for Vita. Yeah. What about when uh, it's,
1: what about, like, let's say it all works. Yeah. Let's say it takes off this plan to have a PlayStation 4 and a Vita paired up. People get it. They go out and they buy the Vita. Suddenly, the Vita install rate drastically increases.
0: Yeah. I mean, so I look at this two different ways, and I've talked to some devs about this too. Like, the, the, Vita, um, the Vita has a huge attach rate a dozen games for vita so people that own the vita are buying these games but they're buying like five or ten dollar games it's not like every game they're buying is golden abyss or something like that so um i think that the expectations for AAA developers to sell on vita are much higher and if we're not even seeing like a new assassin's creed after selling like almost a million copies on vita then there's then that's not paying off for them with that said if your team is five people and you sell a hundred thousand games on vita then you're actually in pretty good shape so Um, so I think that we're going to continue to see a lot of games on Vita. I just don't think we're going to see anything outside of first part, big first party games, which are not coming after Tearaway. We don't know about any of them. And, uh, except for like Panopticon and like weird shit coming out of uh, Studio Japan. Um, or that's not even called that anymore. What's it called now? Freedom Wars or something. And, uh, you know, and then I think we'll see a bunch of indie games. Like Spelunky comes out today. Um, you know, The Walking Dead came out last week. Like, there'll be games there from studios that have lower expectations. But I don't think Vita's in a Vita's in a rough spot still, man. Like, yeah. the the price drop's huge. I think it's going to work, and um, it's selling well in Japan. But uh,
1: a lot of people tweeting those pictures of their Vita that they finally broke down now that the price dropped. And they, yeah, the got memory cards bundle. are
0: cheaper too. Yeah, that's the difference.
2: I feel thing. like the one hope for uh, more triple A expanding based on like like so. Continuing your hypothetical, right? Let's say remote play and all these things really do take off. I can see more stuff like Borderlands, like big third-party games that are the same game or a version of that game that connects to the PS4 version on your Vita. Like, I can see incentive for doing that because... It's something like, you know, if they can have a find in their studio or have like a limited development team get a Vita version out there if it's not that hard for them to do, and then they can offer some kind of incentive, right? So, like we said about Black Ops 2 could have come with a code that gets you Black Ops to classified for free or for really cheap, and that incentivizes people to buy the Vita. I can see studios getting behind that because it, it lets them, you know, encourage you know, developing this separate version that then people can, you know, spend more time with their game and have experience transferred back and forth and all that yeah. stuff. Uh, that said, though, that won't happen until more people are embracing the Vita. I think it's like a domino effect. I think if a ton of people are using remote play and a ton of people are really into this platform, then you'll see more people embracing it.
0: We'll see. Yeah. I worry about Vita. You know? Yeah, me too. I, I, think, I think Vita will be fine as a second screen. I think it will proliferate as a second screen. I just I wonder if it can support what's or its sustain life? its own ecosystem. Yeah, what's its yeah. life
1: outside of yeah. just being a PlayStation's little brother? There's
0: good games coming out this fall, too, like Ease and, and Away and Killzone. Um a lot of games in Japan coming out, too. Mm-hmm. Plus, there's, you know, Dragon's Crown, all that kind of stuff. I just think Vita's, I don't know, it's in a tough spot. Yeah. It's in a tough spot. It's right super
1: now. niche, right? Yeah, And that's the thing. You need, they need, they want it to be a big hit. That way, you get a Madden, you get a Borderlands, and you get all these big games you'd want on it that would sell to more people, to a more general audience. Yeah. It's and funny, right though. It's only selling to PlayStation.
0: It's funny, like, Madden doesn't come out anymore. Like Madden, There won't be another Madden, but there's been three FIFAs now. Yeah, Vita. Like But FIFA's selling. They're apparently...
2: Like, same thing over the same and over game again with like skin yeah but they wouldn't put stuff.
0: they could do that with madden too like sure, the point sure. is they're doing that with fifa so those games sure. are are selling. maybe
1: it's the backlash and next year they'll have a madden that connects to it or whatever cuz that's all i want like for me that's really the thing it's the show gets it the show's like take your career on the road you know what i mean i would love to have one madden season well, a ton that of i kick like, back and forth and back and
0: forth. I look at Cy cooper look at sound Sure, yeah. all these things that i know yeah, but look, look, look at the similarity between all those games too yeah you know like sony paid for all those games so it's like it's not like you know, they're, they're may like it, there's sure, no Sony's... way. There's no not. I don't think it, there's a single publisher that has done that that is not Sony. But Sony's publishing Borderlands on Vita. Like, I
2: mean, like the, they're are they? putting money into yeah, this platform. Are. I like, know that. Yeah, so I, I think like they can incentivize third party developers to do this and to embrace the ecosystem the way it's meant to be embraced. Like Call of Duty: Black Ops, the Glass Fight is a perfect example of how it's not supposed to be done. But I think that Sony, if they're putting money into these things anyway, like they can encourage them to be like, okay, you should have functionality. You do cross buy. Do cross save.
0: Yeah, it would have been cool to see, like, AC4 Mm -hmm. on Vita, but, like, again, like, I I talked to Shu a bit about this, too, like, you know, these games, it is a thing where, like, these games are on Vita, technically, now, you know, like, and it's just, like, that's going to be the cop-out, I think, unfortunately, so, I don't know, I don't know, it sucks, I love Vita, I, I, I want it to do better, but, you know, it is what it is, it needs better games, too. Chris from Tampa, Florida, writes into Beyond at
1: IGN.com and says, "Beyond, Beyond, what's the what's your best guess on when the PlayStation team will get their hands on the PlayStation 4 in the IGN office, or are you even allowed to say? Just
0: curious. Welcome back, Colin and Andrew. I don't know what do you, what do you want to say about that. I don't, I don't know if we know anything. Uh, I I assume we'll get it in October.
1: Yeah, you figure, yeah." Uh, that's maybe wishful thinking. I would say, yeah, late October, early November, we would have a unit floating around here by then. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully, yeah.
0: There's yeah. a lot we'll of have games to review. <laughs> yeah, we'll have. Yeah, we're gonna have to review the games. Well, obviously, I mean, that's the thing is that we're gonna like. I, I assume we'll have it at the end of, by the end by the end of October. I think we'll even have it maybe even sooner than that. Because you have to assume some of the like they're gonna they're manufacturing now. I think that the um the games are gotta go gold soon. So like I think Knack and Killzone and Drive club are probably done. Yeah. So, um, or like getting polished like right now, and they have to go gold soon. So, yep. um, and enter QA and stuff. So, I think um, we'll enter QA and then go gold. So, I think that uh, you know so- sooner rather than later, I would hope. And we'll all have our personal units too, but we need them for work. So, um, to have all the launch stuff. What I'm most interested in is like when like we had Vitas. And uh, it was like, when is the embargo going to be on like all of the first-party stuff? That's what I'm mostly curious about. Yeah, they're, I think they're probably pretty confident. So that's true I would too. assume they want to be pretty early. Yeah, I was going to say,
1: yeah, it. probably right before Microsoft's launch. If that's before. the case, then we need like mid-October. Ben, ben there you yeah. go. Yeah, good call. Yeah. Um, oh, Chris shows he's a huge Podcast Beyond fan with a PS. Colin, mm. how do you like the new podcast room? No, I don't like it. Greg yeah. Miller's
2: prediction rings true. Oh,
1: what, what, is that what you I said? I was like, "Colin's gonna hate this. He's gonna well, hate this." It's
2: a weird. It's great for video and awful for talking. It is not like, awful. Awful. You've,
1: how many shows have you been on in this room? Three. It's been fine.
2: Terrible.
1: No, no I, I mean, everyone hates change. Welcome to the internet.
2: It was hard. With, it like, was hard with four people.
0: I feel like I'm on a row. panel. Well, that, yeah, that's exactly. very yeah. If
1: you if we haven't been keeping up, ladies and gentlemen, we we put it basically yeah like that. It looks like a panel, so we can shoot one camera angle at it, and people are looking, so you don't get the side or back of people's heads. Uh, you know, I mean, we could easily break these and angle them. I think a little bit. I more, think that's and that would be do. fine. Yeah, we make it t- make it almost like a. We'll a talk light to our v. carpenter, like The area. flying V. Yeah. Jesus <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: Christ, <laughs> our carpenter.
1: Yes, Jesus Christ, my All boss, of is our a car- Jewish our... carpenter. Yeah. Uh what do we got here? How about someone sharded for Last of Us stuff?
2: Sure. Uh, no spoilers. This
1: comes from Trevor Cannon. Beyond. brother. Yeah, of course. He's much less successful. <laughs> the Last of Us was damn near perfect in every way, from the voice acting to the overall gameplay. So my question to the Beyond crew is... Dot, 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 what gameplay mechanics or gameplay experiences from The Last of Us will make their way into Uncharted 4? What do you guys think?
2: I, wa- I, I hope not much. Yeah, I was just going to say I want them to remain separate, right? Exactly. Like, they have different experiences. I think it would be a mistake to put like, the crafting system in Uncharted 4 because it made sense in the world of The Last of Us. Whereas yeah, it they would they wouldn't warned. do that. Yeah.
1: Um, I think they're pretty set in their ways as far as these are differently established universes. The examples yeah. Trevor tosses out is Joel's backpack. Listen mode for more stealth or brutal no. combat for a darker story. No, they aren't going darker yeah. story in Uncharted.
2: Like, I don't think that you see any me. of that. No, yeah. they're, they're not going to do that. I think something like Listen mode would like totally change Uncharted in a bad way.
0: Also, understand that like when the team split, like this, you know, the next game is like well into development. So, yeah. like you know, it, presumably, I mean, I, you know, like that team that did. Uncharted 3 is doing, you know, the core team that did Uncharted 3 is doing the next game, so uh, Which whatever it is, certainly. like it, it has to be, you know, it has to kind of be, like, where you can't be like, well, we really like this crafting thing. <laughs> I mean, Tack
1: it on to every game we make
2: now. I feel like at this point, I would be, like, legitimately shocked if it was anything other than Uncharted 4. Like, would, it, it would too. be super surprising at this point. Okay. Mm, you okay. have your way. You've broken yeah.
1: Trevor's heart. I'm sorry, Trevor. Everett writes in says, I was thinking the other day about the disconnect of quality between world building and narrative storytelling in games. Games like Crisis, Killzone, Dishonored, Dead Space, and others come to mind. They have extremely well detailed and original worlds built to house their story, but the actual narrative the game tells is generic at best and cringe inducing at worst.
2: disagree about Dishonored.
1: Would you agree in general that in game design there is a sharp disconnect in quality between world building and narrative? He's talking about a lot of those first-person shooters is what he's calling out there. So maybe he's talking about FPSs in general. Yeah, it's I hard mean, to tell a first-person story. It is, yeah, and it you have about to.
0: Resistance where you add one. I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I think you. It, it's.
2: I mean, actually, Resistance is a really cool example though of, of something that that does try to combine the narrative with the world building. I think it's hard, right? I think you have to to make that conscious decision. You know, people compare the two Bioshocks. Of are you taking the route of telling a story about the world or you're taking the route of telling a story about two specific characters. And sometimes you can marry those two ideas, but generally I think you get a really cool character story, but a lot of people feel like there's plot holes about the world itself or, like, the rules and the environment they're living in. Or you get vice versa. You have, like, a really cool, like, something like Crisis is, like, really, really interesting in terms of world building but, like, you don't really give a shit about the characters.
0: Or yeah, anything. yeah, Crisis is a good example of that. Because the first Crisis is fucking awesome. But, like, it's not cool because of the story. I like yeah. the whole idea of, like, going to an island and, like, you find alien tech and stuff like that like that's really cool but like they yeah they don't they don't make you care about that it was more like look how pretty the game is and it's a wide open world and you can do whatever you want even though you really can Uh, I think actually um, I think Far Cry 3 is a pretty good uh, example of a game that does both really well yeah Uh, very sure I agree with that and uh, Far Cry 3 is man so good (laughs) I actually so so good I actually
2: disagree with that email so much I think Dishonored is a really good example of that I think I think Again, it's, we talk about this at The Last of Us, how like you get so much more out of it when you find all the notes and find all like the extra, right. the extra storytelling material. Dishonored, having the heart on you at all times, like I think there are some really, really cool story stuff in that game. Granted, you can if you're just rushing through the game, you're going to miss it. But. But see,
1: and that's what's interesting about The Last of Us. We talked about how when we, it was coming up, we weren't sure how it was going to sell, right? That this is a, you know a new IP on top of the fact that it's you know this really, I you know emotional story, right? The whole hook to it is the story. But it seems like so many people did get. Dra- you know, pulled in by that that they did go through and find artifacts and do all these different things. I hosted at uh, the last convention I went to, San Diego Comic Con, I hosted the Splinter Cell Blacklist panel where they talked about the comic book they were doing. And the artist and the writer were talking about the fact that the comic book, you know, they got to do a panel where they showed... Uh, Sam Fisher's like hallway and he had all these photos of his daughter it was his daughter's house and it was all these photos of his daughter and he wasn't in there and it was kind of this like you know he was never there for her and this is them showing that and doing all these things and they're like we couldn't put that in the game because nobody would get that nobody would stop and focus on the perfect frame we wanted and get what we're driving at the narrative we're driving and you're like wow that's I never thought of that. You know what I mean? The fact that that's why it's even more amazing that The Last of Us has touched so many people, right? That there were these notes and these things and people know Isha's story and do all these different things without – Having to sit there and have someone say, okay, now I'm taking control away from you completely, and here's what you're
2: looking at, and here's what I'm trying yeah. to tell you. I think that is the best example of, like, I think narrative in games, that is how you progress it, right? I, I think stuff like, uh, yeah, Audio Diaries, Bioshock, and, and the Notes in The Last of Us, and The Heart and Dishonored are, like, the coolest way of doing it. Because if you want to rush through that game, it is all supplemental, and you can get a core story without it, but... When you add it in, it enriches everything about those games. It, it makes everything make more sense. It l- gives you more insight into the characters. Like, I think that is the smartest way to not pad your game out and have it be like a billion hours long unless people want it to be. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. By the way, I think uh, another really good example that we might overlook uh, for doing both really well is Spec Ops.
1: Somebody... Uh, I forget what it was. I uh, We talked about... Uh, oh, spoilers and games on another show we do on another thing. Mm. And uh, we were talking about how Spec Ops is this great thing. And some wrote in and said the gameplay was too boring for him to get even remotely into the story of
0: Spec Ops. I was like, what? The gameplay is awesome in Spec Ops. Like, really tight third-person shooting in that game. Like, Spec Ops is... Give Spec Ops a chance. Vastly yeah. underrated. Like, and and a shame that more people... didn't Like, it really is. It's one of those games where, like, I say that about Vanquish, too, and Catherine, like... Those are just fantastic games. Like, I can't believe that those games didn't blow up more, you yeah, know? Yeah. And and uh, Spec Ops maybe even more than the other two. I, I, like, when I, I was blown away by Spec Ops. I was absolutely blown away by how good that game was and how fucked up that game is. <laughs> like, that, <laughs> that, like, that game is profoundly fucked up. And when you read, actually, Mitch did a really nice piece um, with Walt, with yeah. Walt um, what's his name, Walt uh, Williams? Williams, yeah, Walt Williams, Williams, who wrote Spec Ops. What? And there's all this really, really, really quaint... Shit in the in the story, like really like hidden stuff. Where like the way you go into new cutscenes tells you, yeah, tells yeah. you like what the cutscenes mean and what they are. Like that was cool. Th- I had no idea, and like when I went back and screwed around with the game a little bit, I'm like, that's awesome. Like, um, your characters like totally just schizophrenic. Yeah. You know? So like it's it's a cool it's a cool story that's never been told, and it's also a dark story in terms of America, in terms of um, what we're capable of in war. You know, and uh, it doesn't like tell a, a friendly or nice story. So. Mm. I don't know. That's that always bummed me out that that game doesn't get more love. Go play Spec Ops. It was yeah.
1: PlayStation Plus too, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was free for a while. Corey writes into Beyond at IGN.com and says, "Are we playing fantasy football again this year?" No, I am, but you're not. <laughs> yeah, we, I, we've, all, we've all broken off into our own groups. It was a hassle for Colin, I think, to set all that up last. It was really, year. and it's been way, yes. it's been way too fucked up of a summer of events, and now a console launch to even work. Yeah, I
0: can't do it. Uh, yeah. I'm playing with in the office, and I'm playing with uh, in like a really, really fucking serious. Who's league. It, who's in office league? Are you? Uh, Alex. Yeah, Solomita. me too. All right. Um, When's draft for that? By the way, did I miss it? Uh, no, next yeah, week. I, think. I loved
2: right. that Solomita did a draft. From Germany, he he like dropped everything and went back to the hotel at 6 p.m. One particular day
0: to do it. Yeah, awesome. I'm, I'm finally. My uncle does like a really, really, really serious league uh, with like people like keeper league and you stuff. You put like money that. on it? Yeah. Well, yeah, like a good amount of money. Yeah. yeah. And uh, they like have a waiting list, and I've been on, like I've been waiting for years. You, and you finally got it? Yeah, I finally. Oh, got that's finished. a big deal. So I have like the, it's like an expansion draft or something this this uh, next week, I think.
1: Mm-hmm. Final mm-hmm. question of the week. We're gonna we're gonna end the show like we began it. Okay. Scion writes in and says, Hey, guys, I have two questions regarding Borderlands 2 on Vita. Yeah. Do you think that if it's done right, that more devs and publishers will be willing to put their open-world games on the handheld?
2: That's question number one. Yeah, I mean, God, we we talk about this all the time. How cool would it be if they sold really well and maybe Bethesda got interested? Oh, my God. Or whatever? God. Yeah, I mean, amazing. we don't know. You could, mean, just, you could just
1: port somehow Fallout 3.
2: That would never work. Yeah. I know it would never <laughs> work, but God damn it would I want it. I yeah. mean, I will <laughs> just say you know, being the, pessim- the pessimist I am, yeah. there are far more ways that this could go wrong than they could go wrong. Oh, sure, like, 100%. I, this could be really choppy and run badly and there are all kinds of potential problems. Let's see it once it's out. It's, like, so hard to predict that. It really depends on who's doing it. What if uh, Nihilistic is doing it? <sighs>
0: Oh, I hope they are. That'd be great. Instigate,
1: (laughs) instigate. If they came out, I mean, if it comes out and does extremely well, then that's what we're talking about earlier, right? If if, like you need success stories to sell EA and other companies like that on
2: making more video games. And and, I mean, again, they need to do it right. I mean, I would really like to see saves transfer back and forth. Or I mean, I obviously it's not going to speak to PS3. I sincerely doubt I'll be like in a party with one person on Vita or anything because that would be way too complicated. But I can see them doing something with saves. Okay. And then
1: Scion's second question: With Sony and 2K working together. To bring Borderlands 2 to the Vita, do you think that this gives us some hope that the Irrational pet project will nope. end up on this? Okay, no,
2: <laughs> totally separate. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Gearbox is doing its own thing, and they own the IP the same way that Irrational. Uh, I believe actually, maybe they don't actually. Maybe maybe Two K doesn't own Bioshock, but Two uh, K probably owns Bioshock. Gearbox owns Borderlands for sure, and I think this was a, a Gearbox oriented move rather than a publisher mandated Two K oriented move. Um, uh, I I don't think we're going to see that Bioshock game anytime. I mean, maybe years from now, but I I don't think one has anything to do with the other.
0: Yeah, Sony would have to pay for it to make it happen. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and they would have to get one of their studios or or a second party to work on it. Ken
2: Levine constantly tweets that they're talking about it. Like he, he still says it's in the hands of the businessman. Like as recently as like a month ago. But uh, you know, even if that's the case, that means that game hasn't even started. And especially if it's don't hold your breath. Do not hold your breath. Especially if it's being done by Rational internally. Like that thing is so far out. If it even ever exists, far out, man. Far Far out, out, man. Bruh. ladies
1: and gentlemen, if you want to talk. About video games with me, Damon, and the rest of the IGN crew at PAX. Remember, Damon's panel is Evolution of a Game Developer, Friday at 11 a.m. I have an infamous panel, Friday at 5.30 p.m. We have a party Saturday at Rock Bottom Brewery, 7 p.m., then Game Scoop, Monday at 11.30 a.m. Long show. Mm-hmm. This is the first PAX. It's been four days. I don't know how I feel about it yet. I have a feeling on Monday I'm not going to be too happy about it. You'll see. Yeah.
0: Or we all will. You won't. you won't really talk to me about no, it. That's probably true. Yeah.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Podcast Beyond, episode 307. Guys, this has been a, a welcome break from the day. Thanks so much yeah, for hanging out. I love you sure. guys so much. I've missed you. I love you guys at home. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we love Podcast Beyond. You love it too. That's why you've made it this far into the show. But remember, it's ign.com that keeps the lights on and the mics working. So go there, watch videos, read reviews, comment on Andrew's stories, and tell him Mitch sucks. Does that make you feel better? Yeah, for sure. I All agree. Right, with we that. hate Mitch. <laughs> uh, every episode, I have to do Twitter calls. Remember, follow t- us on Twitter at ign. I'm um, at game over, Greggy. I wrote it down. Andrew, <laughs> God damn it, Andrew God, Goldfarb this, is Garfeb. I got it. One of the weeks he was gone, I got it. While yeah, you guys were uh-huh, here, uh huh. Sure, he did. Andrew Goldfarb is Garfeb, and then no taxation is Colin. Why does that do that to me? I don't know. I, I make you nervous, obviously. Apparently, it's you your, always make it's creepy eye contact
2: with me while you're saying it too.
1: know <laughs> uh, it's just I gotta, I gotta. I've got to batten down the hatches out. and finish this out, Sort it out. Uh, remember, every episode of Podcast Beyond ends with a song in a segment we call Ryan's Wrap Up. Today's song comes from Clocktower Music, at Clocktower Music on Twitter. Hey, Greg, here's a song from my band, Save the Clocktower from Chicago. It's called, quote, It Happens, and it's kind of trippy, but fun nonetheless. Our video for our song, Like That, is debuting on MTVU September 4th. So be on the lookout for that. Our website is SaveTheClockTowerMusic.com. Twitter is ClockTowerMusic. Love you, Beyond. This is Greg from Chicago. Well, there you go, Greg from Chicago. Eat some portillos for me. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Podcast Beyond, episode 307. Here is Save the Clock Tower with like... No, this is... It happens. That's confusing. But whatever. It happens. Beyond. Beyond. Beyond.